This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. You are not a random blob of cells. Every part of you brims with intention. Your heart doesn't question why it beats. Your lungs don't get bored pumping air. Your hair doesn't stop growing because you're having a bad day. Each subatomic particle you consist of knows what role it plays in the great coming together as you. If none of your building blocks waver about their purpose, why should you? Deep down, you know there is someone you're meant to be. Every so often, you catch a glimpse of that someone. It happens when you speak up for yourself, even when it's difficult. When you're proud of a job well done, no matter what others say. When you do things for the love of doing them, not because you're expected to. It happens in those unexpected moments when you look in the mirror and see not your perceived flaws, but a person you're amazed of being. Is that really me? Yes, that's really you. Valeria Tellis interviews Chris Sirak, the author of Be You, The Journey of Self-Realization. Chris Sirak has a passion for turning sophisticated topics into accessible, meaningful, and inspiring experiences. With an extensive background in design, psychology, and tech, he has spearheaded empathy-based design in education and business environments alike. In private, Chris enjoys meditating, playing tennis, and writing music. He resides in Los Angeles, California. Meet Chris at Surak.com. Here's the interview with Chris Surak. In your own words, who is Chris Sirak? <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's uh, an amazing question, Valeria. I think it goes towards identity. And, you know, much of BU has, is about releasing that mental mind-made identity. So, so it's more of a question of what's, what's remaining of, of what I think I am. I think it would be um, just, a, you know, experiencing oneself outside of the, the, the mental constructs and Essentially, we've we've heard of the term vessel for life. So I hope I'm a, a vessel for life passing through me and uh, taking me with it. Wow, I love that. <laughs> like I said to you off rack, I keep saying that I love your work. It's just so clear, so clear. Oh, oh thank you. So I have these warm up questions, um, as you know. I guess the first one I'll be asking you is something I read in your book. You say. We are not our thoughts, you just mentioned now, the mental construct. You can spend most of your life lost in thought, and that is so true. So my question is, what are thoughts and what is the mind? Mm. Well, the mind is, um, that's a great question. The mind is a tool, and it's, a, it's an amazing tool. And I think uh, really what this is about and what BU is about is finding the balance of using the mind for what it's good for, which is to, to plan, uh, to organize, to analyze. It's, uh, it's an, an amazing tool for developing skills and memory. And so it's great for those things, but it's not so great for other things. One of the greatest things it struggles with is the unknown, which is life. 
So, (laughs) um, you know, the mind's tendency to want to fill in the blanks and project into the unknown. And that's why it takes us out of the present moment all the time. It's always looking for the next unknown moment. Um, even when we're in the shower, we can't enjoy the water coming down on our, on our heads. It's, it's the mind is drifting to the next unknown moment and trying to project something into it, even if it has to make, make it up completely. So there's this discomfort that the mind has with the unknown because it's designed to know things. That's, that's what it does. So if we live by that, we're always, you know, trying to uh, achieve certain outcomes and, and all of it is just projection and, and never really experiencing ourselves right now. And so it's really about learning, um, what the, using the mind for what it's good for and, and, and not using it for what, what it's not designed to do. Yes, I, I love your answer. Would you say that all fears come from the mind? Well, the vast majority, there, there is fear. Um, but I, the example I mentioned in the book is unless you're staring a tiger in the eye, <laughs> right. Uh, right, that's, <laughs> you're, you're going to experience fear and that's real fear that's happening. It's in front of you and, and you need to you know, respond to that. But most of the other fear is, um, comes from... Uh, from basically this open canvas uh, that the uh, almost open permission that the mind has to project into the future, whatever it wants. And, and also think about the past and regrets and try to connect the dots of what would have happened if, you know, you've done something differently or you know, made different decisions. And the fear that that's kind of virtual fear and it's mind generated fear. And, and but that's most of our fear. And uh, it's really it doesn't really exist. So when you speak of the mind being this tool, powerful tool of navigation within this reality, the question arises about what is there that is not the mind that we can use instead? Right, exactly. And that's a great core question. So what happens when we come out of that mind? Um, Well, I can explain it. Everyone can experience it. And there's different ways to, to go about it as well. But uh, essentially, when we, and I call this thought awareness, uh, when we become aware of thoughts, um, and there are simple exercises that, that can help one experience this, um, then we disidentify with those thoughts. So clearly, to your previous question, we're not our thoughts. Uh, if we can become aware of a thought, which, is, which happens at that moment whenever we drift off into you know, thoughts and uh, we get lost in thought, and there comes a moment where we become aware that we just drifted off. And that's a moment of disidentification. We're no longer the thought. Um, and so obviously we're not the thoughts. We tend to, the mind wanders and we get lost in them all the time. But that's just a muscle that we can uh, develop so that we don't get lost in it um, so often, if at all. And then um, learn to be, not be a slave to our thoughts, but to actually be able to uh, experience and observe them but not believe every, every thought that pops up and, and let it you know, take us away. True. You actually said something. I'm already getting to the topic of the book. <laughs> That's the yeah, second yeah. section. But uh, let me see if I can find here. I love the way you say it. You say it, it is not the number of times you come back to your breath that restrains your brain and weakens your mind's pull. It is the number of times, right, that we come back to it. So it's not really about not trying too hard to be thoughts, but um, being aware enough to see the movement back into a space that we are not attached to thoughts. And this is a practice for life, isn't it, Chris? Yes, exactly, exactly. And that really, it points us back once we we come out of our, our strong identification with thoughts. We, we realize uh, we don't actually live in our heads. It's like I mentioned, it's a tool to, to navigate certain situations. But really, we live in our body, uh, which is, you know, from it's not a woo-woo statement. This is our presence, is, is, is our, our essence of being, is being in our body. And, and that's where the wisdom lies. And, and there's, that's where the, the trust and the comfort and the, and the, um, the deep a deeper knowing that isn't a, a mental construct that doesn't need others to agree with you. It's, it's a, it's a, it's your own truth that comes from within um, that doesn't require comparison or outcomes and all that. And, and so that's where trust, that's where permanent joy, permanent happiness um, comes from. 
And I'm wondering about this um, if imagination that comes from intuition, because I feel like they are sort of similar, the quality of thoughts coming from intuition. They feel to me like, as if they were being imagined. So I'm wondering if this is a different kind of thoughts, imagination and intuition. Yes. So, I mean, ultimately, and again, the, the brain is a great conveyor. You know, that's how we, it makes our heart beat. It coordinates our breathing. And, and, and there's certain communicative aspects that uh, aren't just these uh, outcome-oriented thoughts. And um, so when we hear our inner voice speaking to us, our inner GPS, that, of course, it, these are still thoughts at some level, but uh, they, they feel very different. There's no, uh, you know, fear and anxiety and questioning. You don't second, second guess those messages that come to you. Yeah. There's a deep, deep trust, uh, that, that, that comes with it. And so they feel different and, and, uh, and, you know, all the, the worry and the, the comparison just, just falls away. How did you come to these, uh, deep understandings about yourself in life? <laughs> so that's a great question. You know, one of the things I get asked a lot is, is, you know, was there a turning point? Did I, very often people hit a wall or they hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's, uh, you know, some kind of shift that happens. Um, that, that wasn't the case with me. Um, there was a, a point of rapid acceleration, but it wasn't related to, uh, just, not seeing, a, a, you know, hitting rock bottom and, and, and kind of getting into a bad place first to, yeah. in order to come out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why that was. Um, it, uh, you know, brought, brought about a lot of change in my life for sure. Um, it, but it was, uh, it was just kind of starting to see clearly and, and, and seeking. And one thing led to the next. And I think the most important thing is we, um, you know, have to recognize that there's a process and what what I I liken this to is is kind of a, a play or going to the movies even. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in the you know the first half hour the 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 protagonist hasn't yet recognized that they're going you know going to be a hero and take <laughs> charge of their own destiny and all these things right yeah so oh, yeah. so these bad things you know quote unquote bad things happen and but as an audience we don't like stop you know say projector person stop them you know we don't we don't break down and and get lost in the drama of it we know this is a story that's unfolding and that this will lead to a, a, a greater um, a, the path revealing itself. So I think with just a simple attitude of like, well, let's see what this leads to, then, then we don't get caught up in the individual moments so much and, and the drama of it. So I've always had that mindset. And I, and I think that uh, that helped me recognize that something was happening with me and, uh, and I was just going to roll with it. It sounds to me like this uh, sincere, honest desire to know the unknown in a way. You're just open to it. Yes. And, and, you know, so much of, and again, the, the mind tries to cover up the unknown and, and um, come up with, you know, all kinds of planning and, and expectations to, to, to project into that, that not knowing and, and create a sense of knowing. Yeah. But, um, you know, it doesn't, anyone with a little maturity, and this happens to everyone, uh, you can even say, you know, midlife crisis is kind of the mm-hmm. common mainstream concept. <laughs> Uh, where you realize, well, all the things we plan and expect, they just life never quite turns out that way. It takes turns and twists that we can't predict. Some, some, you know, good, some bad, and and uh, but life has its own way of, of of unfolding. And anything we try to steer, uh, it just gets in the way of that natural unfolding. And I often use nature as my reference. You actually mentioned that in the book too, under the insights. Yeah, it's the one of my biggest teachers. Although everything is, but nature is just the ultimate. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I could speak a whole hour on on nature and how. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> that we are nature, right, Chris? Because some people, oh yeah, we are part of nature, but I actually see it as nature itself. We are nature. 
Yeah. And that's really what the, the mind does. It creates a, a separateness. Yeah. And that's a big, big chapter in the book is this, this, yeah. uh, this idea that we're separate from each other, separate from the, the tree and, um, and, and just the, the expression of life. Right. That, uh, we don't see ourselves uh, as one of, un, as one with it. And, and, and so much of our, our struggles come from this separateness. So talk to me for a moment about authenticity. What authenticity is and what are some of the greatest misconceptions about being authentic? Right. Okay. Wow. I love these <laughs> questions. <laughs> well, you know, everyone has a, uh, their own unique blueprint um, that uh, deep inside, most of the time it only comes through as these occasional intuitive hits that you know, we call them. Yeah. Um, but that's because we're so mind dominated that we're, we're not in, in stronger uh, communication with, with that inner voice. Um, but it's there at, in every single situation, every single day, not just the big decisions, but the, the small decisions that there's, uh, there's acting in alignment with, with our true self, our authentic self and, and not acting in alignment. And, um, and all too often, you know, these outside voices that, that we're conditioned to, to, to listen to, um, they, uh, they win, right? We let them win. And, um, and they take us, they make us behave in certain ways, which then results in stuck feelings yeah. that, uh, aren't really authentic. Um, so the, the wonderful thing about, uh, you know, being the authenticness, the telltale sign is really that your truth does not require other people's approval mm. and your truth does not clash with other people's truths. Um, and that's really a wonderful place of, of, of peace and, and uh, the stability. There's a permanent knowing what's right for you it contained in that. It's really a wonderful place to connect to. And ultimately, that, that's where you lose the sense of separateness to, to others. And that's where we really recognize our, our unity as, as expressions of life. So I would say there's no real misconception about authenticity. I mean, people maybe are... are led to believe that there's some kind of achievement, uh, some outcome yeah. uh, that needs to be pursued. And then when you, when you have that and you're there, then suddenly your life is perfect and happy and, and forever and all that. And, right. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the destination, the, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the important thing to remember there too, is uh, <laughs> that, that you can experience joy from and should experience joy from, uh, achieving things. It's not like you, you should, you know, block yourself from, from that either. Right. It's just to recognize that that is not a permanent kind of joy. Life continues, uh, the flow of life, you know, it mm -hmm. continues to unfold and some mm -hmm. things will be pleasant and others will be unpleasant. But whatever we experience, it, it's not meant to be uh, held on to. We don't need to mm -hmm. cling to it because uh, the clinging then it immediately converts uh, a happy experience into, you know, the, the fear of losing it. Right. And uh, so we can never really, you know, enjoy life. And, and really every experience ultimately is the joy of living, even if some things are more pleasant than other things are not, a little unpleasant. Um, it's life flowing through us and, and then we really start to flow with life. Would you say that even this idea of being you being us and being authentic, it's also a movement, a dance of life, flowing in and out of that. Yeah, yo, I completely. And, um, uh, you know, there, there are, again, per perfectly fine uses for the mind, such as, uh, you know, if you need to book a flight next week that yeah. you, you plan accordingly. And these are practical matters. Right. Um, and, and we are physical, you know, in the physical, physical beings. And uh, so there's there's a practical aspect to that that requires uh, some foresight and some planning, and that's perfectly fine. But when it goes into uh, matters of experiencing your, your beingness, um, that's when the, the mind starts to come out of the, the, the present moment. And that's where you lose then your connection to the magic, to the flow of, of, of everything just um, coming and going. And finding joy in that coming and going is the, the permanence. That's the, the mm. permanent joy. Right. And not wanting, ooh, you know, I got to surround myself with the, the things that make me happy, that I want, that I like. Right. And then avoid the things that I don't like. Then life will always be a roller coaster. I love your book, though, the way it is structured, the clarity, the way it's written, everything about it. 
I absolutely love the wisdom, the deep wisdom you have there. I'll be asking you specific questions in a moment. Before that, it sounds very spiritual to me. What is spirituality to you? <laughs> mm, yeah, I would say, and, and you know, one of the motivators uh, we mentioned this when we talked earlier is the to steer clear of the, the, the type of language that it can often be in the way becomes a barrier to a lot of people assimilating the wisdom. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's deeply spiritual. But I always say that, you know, BU is the most spiritual book ever written without being spiritual. Right. Um, right. And uh, so yeah. that was really the, the hope because mm-hmm. I had experiences that people who shared information with me and, and, and books and, and other material and that. And I, and I tried to understand it and, and, but there was, you know, I just, I couldn't see past, uh, some of the vocabulary. So I think we're all pulling from the same place. It's the, the presentation that is different, a uh, different angle, different, uh, rapper, d- different personality that's, that's doing the talking, but the wisdom is ultimately the same and we're just reformulating it for, um, different times and, and different audiences. So, um, uh, it, yes, we, spirituality, you could, you could probably say is, um, the, uh, the science of, of, you know, being authentic, um, because that is the being authentic. It, it feels individual at first, or it sound, it may sound individual, but it, it very quickly leads to the recognition that we're all connected and that we're all one. So I'd, I'd say um, it's, it starts out with a personal journey and, and then ends in the infinite. The way you structure the book, um, part three, you have the big picture of being you. And there you include two words that I absolutely love for some reason, <laughs> freedom and love. Talk to me for a moment about these two aspects of life. If you can do that without the, the mind getting away <laughs> with that yes. concept. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with the, um, the love part first. And there is a, an unbelievable love for creation that is behind everything that exists. So what, whatever the, you know, the, the powers are that there, they, there's a joy that is inherent to everything that exists because uh, it, that's what was required to go into it. You know, even as humans, we don't create things out of, there's no motivation. We create, you know, ideally out of joy with, with the intent to, to, to put something, to give life to something. So there's an incredible deep joy for, for everything, uh, that exists that, that goes into it, into its creation. So we can, you know, not just tap into that, but become it. Uh, when we very, you know, essentially when we remove our thoughts, the, the ones that get in the way, not the, the useful practical ones, but right. the ones that, that make us think we're, we've got it figured out or that we, you know, we're, we, we're trying to steer towards some, some a desired outcome. That's the stuff that disconnects us from, from connecting with, uh, that unbelievable love that is at the root of, uh, our, our very existence. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So a thousand times, yeah. <laughs> a billion times <laughs> <Yeah>. to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then, uh, and then freedom, it's really required. Everyone has their own journey, um, and, and their own, just, you know, their own blueprint that is, is meant to unfold. And that, that has to happen from, from a place of, uh, allowing everyone to, to be and, and unfold as they want and primarily allowing oneself because that's, we are our own greatest critics where, you know, we have layers of, of conditioned behavior and beliefs that um, make us, uh, you know, think we have to go down certain paths or believe certain things. And, and uh, every single belief is an infringement, if you will, on, on this true freedom of, of being and not feeling like, uh, you know, there is a, truth and then and then everything else is untrue that we need to control our environment and and uh, and rid, rid ourselves of the things that that you know f- feel unpleasant or that don't fit our plan uh of, of getting somewhere and like you said before there's a there's an enslavement to that and all of that falls away 
Um, and the freedom of, of, of not being attached to these beliefs and these thoughts uh, is just, you know, indescribable. Uh, it's beyond anything that we can um, create in the physical around us, um, this, this internal freedom. So you wrote the book titled Be You, The Journey of Self-Realization. How did you become a writer and what was the primary inspiration and intention of writing your book, Chris? Yeah, yeah, great question. Uh, I, I never thought about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and really, and <laughs> really, that is, uh, that is a, a deeper response yeah. than, than it initially may sound. Um, I was journaling. I was, uh, you know, seeking and uh, out of that, in a, in a series of, of uh, very uh, amazing experiences that made me realize at some point that what I was capturing on paper was turning into a, a book. And so I, I was, it was more of a, and, and this is really the, the magic of letting life lead, mm. is that we then kind of realize, oh, I'm writing a book. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I've, um, I'm doing this or that. And that, you know, that's, that's the human aspect of applying labels, yeah. but ultimately you, we were expressing ourselves and, and being ourselves. And then, and then we, we kind of suddenly recognize, oh, this is this or that. But ultimately the letting life lead is, is the most important thing. So people ask, you know, um, about the, you know, what led me to write the book all the time. And, and I always respond that it wasn't uh, that it wasn't me writing the book, right. but that it was the book writing itself through me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's, I, I can't tell you how, if, if it was me writing, I would immediately uh, sense that um, because nothing was working, nothing was flowing. I would labor over one sentence for, you know, 10 minutes and it wouldn't go anywhere. So that's when I knew I had to get out of my, my headspace and, and, and reground myself and allowing this to flow. And, uh, and then it was really as if I was a first time reader, um, who's reading the book. I, I was reading these words. I would sit back after writing a paragraph and, 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 uh, really be blown away by my own words because they really weren't my own. Do you ever use the word God? Mm, that's a, that's a great question. I was raised uh, Catholic, so that was a, a you know a strong uh, presence early on. Um, and then uh, I think one of the best uh, decisions my my parents ever made with me was to to not require anything of me. I think it was around fourteen. They said you you know you have you can make your own choices now, and, and that was the right right time for me to develop my own kind of. Uh, follow my own evolution on that it's just a you know it's a label it's it's a charged word obviously for many it's very important and so hence it's my tendency would be to steer clear of that because there's too much meaning attached to it and uh, it's very difficult to have uh, you know a conversation beyond the, the the strong beliefs that are attached to that so i i um you know i focus on terms like uh love obviously and you know, recognizing that we live in a, in a, in a world and in an environment where if we uh, behave, if we're in alignment with, with ourselves, if we turn our pedals to the sun, our, each, each one of us has you know, our unique uh, gifts and pedals, then we get rewarded um, instantly. There's, uh, there's no delay. There's no, you don't have to wait for uh, judgment day. It's, uh, there's a one-to-one relationship to how we carry ourselves and and how life then uh, benefits us and if we go against our our grain then we we feel that that hurt immediately so it's really being true your true to yourself and your inner voice and being you and then um allowing that that flow of life to to take charge and and, and lead us and Whatever label you put on, you know, to what's behind all that, uh, you know, everyone's free to, to call it whatever they want. Uh, but in, in many ways, it's best not to not to call it anything, but just to just experience it and just to live it. Another word that we hear a lot is enlightenment. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, great question again. So uh, I, I I think there was uh, I made a concerted effort to. Uh, 
pushback, if you will, a little bit on this idea that a person is enlightened and or not enlightened, that there's a switch, you know, yeah. on off switch or these two categories of people. Uh, that's certainly not the case where it's a continuous experience. Everything leads to the next and informs environment is a, is a, a direct reflection of who we are and how we engage with it is, is we see the things that, that, uh, that matter to us, that, that we, we, that resonate with us, that we feel triggered by as well. And so out of all the possibilities of life around us, we respond in the ways that are a reflection of our, our inner makeup of, of, of where we are in our evolution. So one can never say that the, you know, you're, you're living a, a dull life or meaningless life or any of the things at all. It's there, there, it's every moment is packed with meaning and, and, and intention of, uh, revealing more to yourself of, of who you are. And, and it's true that, you know, very often we, we find direction by experiencing the things that, uh, that don't resonate, you know, that are unpleasant, but that's just, that's part of the, the system as well. It, it points us to what we do like and what does resonate. And so everything in life from the get go, uh, is, is part of our, our enlightenment journey. And, uh, there comes a point where you, we become more aware of it for sure, but, um, it doesn't mean it hasn't been uh, going on. It's, it's always uh, happening. It's always, uh, there. And so I, I use in the book, I use the, the, ener- the, 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 the phrase less realized energy and, yeah. and more realized energy. So, right, right. uh, you know, if we look at ourselves as energetic beings is how much of ourselves have we realized, uh, and how much have we not yet realized that we're literally the, the word self-realization is realizing who we are. Mm. And, uh, I liken it to, uh, you know, a map. Uh, of oneself and, and uh, one's life and how many of those uh, areas and that is you know uh, encapsulated in our body you mentioned the word body before that that really is where the wisdom and, and our true self lives and so how much of ourselves do we really know how have we realized is there or how many uh, blind spots are there that we still have to discover and we discover them through our interactions with the world Talk to me about the last section in your book. You have the four steps to be you. You have been talking already, actually, the thought awareness, but you do have an exercise there. So uh, four of them, uh, thought awareness. The second is observe and release stock feelings and then listen to your inner voice. And then fourth, take clear action. You don't have to talk about all of them because uh, I would love for people to read your book. <laughs> it's <laughs> so clear. It's so heart-opening. It's just a, a real joy to... So yeah, talk to me about those four steps. Okay. So really the first step is all we have to worry about because the, the remaining three happen uh, automatically, but uh, it's essentially uh, our attachment, our identification with our thoughts is is blocking us from really being and experiencing uh, our bodies, and that's where we our feelings are, and that's where uh, life passes through us. And um, so, when we we come out of that mind identified state, we're then in our in our bodies and 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 able to, um, uh, experience things happening, our feelings. And it becomes very crucial that we don't cling to the, the sensations that we like and resist the ones that we don't, because then that pulls us back into our headspace of I like, and I dislike, I want, I, I don't want and judgment based, uh, thinking essentially. Um, so, uh, this, in addition to the thought awareness that separates us from our thoughts, um, there's then the, the practice, um, of, of self-observation of uh, observing your, your, your feelings as you experience them in your body. They're, they're always somewhere, um, you know, usually in our stomach, you know, emotions are in the solar plexus area, heart chakra, obviously throat for uh, things related to speaking up and, 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 uh, our, our own voice. And so, uh, all these experiences of life are represented somewhere in our body. And, and that step two is really, um, is, is giving it the space to be and not clinging to some and resisting others. Cause that's what keeps them stuck. Right. Um, 
And so by observing the, those many layers of already stuck feelings that have, you know, been generated just by, by living through the mind identified state, um, we, we give them uh, space to, to, um, to, to be again, and that releases them. And then we, they start to, we start to flow and then and they leave us. Um, but that happens automatically just, um, you know, without, when we when we come out of the, the headspace, we're, we're more in our bodies, and then we we are like, you know we can feel what's happening more, uh, much more adequately, and and then from there we come out of reactivity. If if, if we cling or, res- or resist, we're in, always in the state of reactivity, and we get pulled back into our head. But when we learn to observe, it really f- clears the way for that step three, which is uh, hearing our inner voice. So instead of those occasional intuitive hits that come through when we're in the mind identified state instead that becomes a much stronger louder uh clearer voice it's always there always guides us and we and we, we can we can trust it we we can let it guide us and that just uh means we're, we're no longer reactive we're, we're, we're not reacting to to good things and bad things the things we we deem to be good and bad and that leads to clear action we we all know that uh, you know don't hit send on that email when you're mm-hmm. you know <laughs> upset because you'll say things that <laughs> you might regret right yeah, um, yeah. so it, we can only benefit from coming out of this reactive state and then and then we see things clearly and we have it also makes room for empathy to see what the other person is uh, what their situation is and just mm. everything gets better and 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 more uh, even keeled and and then with your inner voice in place. Uh, you can take action that really uh, benefits. It's the right thing for the situation, which is uh, very different from the mind identified state, which is always trying to do things that are right for you at the uh, uh, you know d- disregard of, of what other people uh, other people's role in this might be. So every situation is created by everyone involved, and uh, when you're connected to your inner voice, you see what the the, the thing the right thing to do is for the situation. And that is ultimately the right thing and best thing for yourself and everyone else. I love the way you talk about, uh, so you say, when you judge things, you give away your power. And you also say, all judgment is self-judgment. Talk to me for a moment about that, Chris. Yeah. So everything we judge is is, um, right or wrong, again, is a reflection of ourselves. So if we say somebody is this or that we're, we're coming from our, our internal perspective. Mm. So we, we have a relationship with inside of us with ourselves. And when we judge things on the outside, good and bad, it applies to good things as well. It's always a reflection of our internal makeup and what's going on inside of us. So, um, that's, that's the first thing is to recognize that when we feel triggered and and we we judge people, judgment is, you know, commonly uh, associated with, with negative judgment, but it applies to, to positive things too. The the mind judges things as as either good or bad. So it applies to the full spectrum of, of, uh, assigning value to the things around us. And that's a, that's something the mind does all the time. That's how it operates. True. Um, and, and that's what kind of gets us into, into trouble, into duality, into separateness, and, and then cut off from our inner voice and, and our own GPS. So um, uh, that creates most of the difficulty in life. So then there's a second thing that judgment does, and that is um, it creates distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, it, you know, coming from a place of unity that we're, we're all expressions of life, uh, unique and diverse, incredible diversity out there, but expressions of life. We have that in common. But when we judge things, we, we, we create that uh, uh, literally a, uh, uh, an energetic distance to uh, essentially saying, I'm over here and whatever I judge, good or bad, is over there. We're, we're creating a, a, a separate separation uh, in, in our minds, but also in our experience of life. Uh, of, of, of being separate from all, all the things that we judge and good and bad. And, uh, that's where, you know, depression and, 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 and loneliness and, um, some of these most difficult, uh, ex- emotions that we experience come from feeling separate 
and not recognizing this, this, uh, that we are just an incredibly meant to flourish expression, um, of, of all of life. And, um, so uh, the judging aspect of the mind uh, is, is what creates, I think, most of the difficulties for us. There are so much wisdom in your book. So much, so much. I have so many quotes here. I'm not enough time to go through everything. Some of the ones that really caught my attention, everything that I have been asking you questions about, and also um, when you say life wants you to be you, that's powerful. It really makes us see clear and, and really come back to the breath, to the body, to life itself. To be you is to be abundant. That's another powerful message. So you have so many of them. I love your work. Absolutely love your work. Um, and I love the way we're almost at the end and I have so many things here. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> death, um, that's another one. Losing the body. You say uh, any stock feelings that remain live on and their impact on the people around you, just like you have been impacted by the stock feelings of others before you. Your greatest gift to the ones you leave behind is your full acceptance of the end of your physical life. To be at peace at the time of your passing is to leave behind a legacy of compassion, love, honor, and dignity. Since the beginning of the conversation, I'm like, oh, I want to get to this. I want to talk about this. <laughs> talk to me about losing the physical body. This understanding of who we are have made you not afraid of losing the body? Yeah. So one of the unintended uh, consequences of, of really being in your body and, and being in the flow of life is that the largely mental constructs of time of past and future fade into the background. Uh, they're still there for the, 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 the basic physicality of our existence and, and for practical and uh, organizational matters. But uh, this idea that there's a beginning and an end uh, uh, starts to fade away. And um, so you experience yourself when you are being you and you're being authentic and you're living in, in that alignment with your inner voice, you start to experience yourself as continuous. And so, um, the, the fears of, of, you know, a, a beginning and an end and what's after all, all of this, this just falls away. It's not about explaining it away. It, <laughs> right. It's just, it's, it's not, it's just not part of your experience any longer. So, uh, in this continuity, you're, you just recognize yourself as, as, uh, as infinite and, and most important, it's okay to be with, you're okay with living with the unknown. I, I don't know what happens after the, the body, you know, if we leave our body and all that, but it's okay to be in a state of not knowing. Mm -hmm. And so again, great peace and, and comfort uh, comes from being in that state. You, you just don't have to worry about these things and, and try to explain them away all the time. And this is one of the ideas and concepts that I still kind of try to explore is the afterlife or, or life after life, really, and what happens to consciousness. And because I hear I interview a lot of people about the soul's journey and how people who are left behind still can sense and feel um, people who have passed and they can talk to them, uh, mediums and all these professionals. Do you want to uh, make a comment about that, the soul's journey and the afterlife? Sure. Um, <laughs> That's fun. Love, yes, this is, this is fun stuff. Um, I, there's no doubt that you know everyone has a different range of, of skills and um, sensitivities to, to energy, and um, so while I'm not one of the one of these super clairvoyant, uh, you know, connected uh, beings that uh, that can just uh, you know read energy and. and detect maybe say an illness in somebody or or um, or, or know what happens beyond that I, I can certainly you know recognize that there's the term of an old soul we've heard of that yeah. and I think you know many uh, people can relate to that you meet somebody and you just sense that there uh, there's a depth to them um, that they've uh, just been around for a long time and right. 
So I, I do touch on this in the book in that there's, um, there's uh, the energy that we're comprised of. So there's our physical body, but then um, there's an internal energetic makeup that, that we carry. And that really is our primary responsibility is to realize more of ourselves. It's, it's the process of the journey of self-realization is, is, uh, is just becoming more and more self-aware. And, uh, that changes the, the, uh, the, the, the quality of the energy that we carry and we become even older souls, if you will. Okay. And, and, um, and we react less to environment, our environment. And, and through that reaction is what you just wrote, uh, or read from the book is we leave behind less friction and less, uh, steering and controlling and needing the world to be different. Uh, type of energy and, and we leave behind more of that, that peaceful unifying you know uh, uh, living in the abundance of life unfolding type of energy and so um where it's all headed and at the very end yeah, i don't know but uh, <laughs> but we do have you know that is our primary purpose here is is to to, to become more self-realized and, and thus collectively we we realize, you know, who we are and, and, and what we're doing. So, you know, I, I think the the bodies fall away, and then that whatever uh, energetic uh, makeup is is uh, we we leave behind. It it, it carries it, it lives on in, in others, um, and it'll be you know up to them then to to realize themselves even more. And uh, it's really a return to love, essentially. So I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book, Chris? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, 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 um, the most important thing is, is this applies to you know, young people uh, as well as, um, you know, as we become more conditioned to, to kind of live a, a certain expected life as we, as we get older, to, to recognize that. Uh, everything is part of the journey. Uh, self-realization is not an end point. Uh, you know, it's in the subtitle. It's a, it's a journey. And um, uh, so it's to recognize um, that everything gets a little easier. Life gets a little easier, even the toughest situations when, when we, uh, we keep in mind that um, it's, it's meant to help us uh, self-reflect ultimately. You know, in the moment, uh, things may look a certain way. Often, you know, we don't understand why they're happening. But uh, with just a little extra uh, step back, a little bigger picture, it, things become very clear that um, it's always us reacting and responding to the world around us. And so it's always a reflection of, of who we are at that point in time. And there's no there's no need to be fearful or upset or think that we can fail or misstep. Um, everything uh, really is, uh, is going according to plan and unfolding the, the way it needs to. One more question for you, the final question. What are three things about life you wish everyone would know before they lose the body? Oh, oh that's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to think about that for a second. Right? <laughs> well, I don't know about thinking. Probably not. <laughs> yes. um, so I think the it's the, the the things that come to mind would be the the uh, the, the last three um, words essentially of, of the book and um, the alignment with uh, with happiness is um, at, at the most basic level is is our foundation. It's not something we need to like create. It's always there. And it's, it's just we need to get the things that prevent us from connecting to that um, out of the way, which is mostly our, our, our conditioned thoughts and beliefs. So we are, in essence, at our being, uh, at our root, happy beings. And in the line movement, that is the, the second thing is, is feeling free. And everything becomes restricted when we... Uh, uh, when we do things and, and live towards certain outcomes that uh, that restrict the flow of, of of that natural happiness and natural abundance that's at the at the root of us, and um, we feel that immediately uh, mm. when, when we do things that are not our truth. And unfortunately, you know, we we often don't listen, 
but uh, it's there. And so this is not a mystery. It's, it's, it's uh, our bodies are telling us, life is telling us um, to, to be free and, 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 uh, and be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, really, and that's the third point is the, the ultimate uh, experience of, of, of joy and happiness and abundance and inf- infinity uh, and love and, and uh, compassion and, and unity uh, comes from recognizing who you are, being you, and then that turns into you know really the the recognition of being us as one. Thank you so much for sharing this profound wisdom for the beautiful work you're doing in the world in this reality and everything else in between. Wow, Chris, yeah, it's uh, beautiful. Really oh, thank you, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful work as well, Valeria. When that, when, our, when we first connected, I was I was really looking forward to this, and I was trying to get on your calendar even sooner. So thank you for, for uh, making that happen, and um, uh, I hope we could do it again. It's it's been an amazing part of my journey. Yes, thank you for the encouragement. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yes. So my main website, Sirac.com. Um, but, uh, the book is available on all the main platforms, Amazon, Apple, Google, uh, Kobo and, and Barnes and Noble and, uh, both as paperback and, and, uh, ebook and, uh, I'm very active on social. So all the social platforms, you can, you can find me there and, and then, uh, I'm also available for, you know, personal coaching and, and, and other fun projects. Yes. Wonderful. I have those links on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you, Valeria. Talk soon. Bye for now, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Chris Surak and his work, please visit surak.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>